Hello, and welcome to Women of Responsibility, the Christmas special, 24 days in the book of Luke. Hello, ladies, and welcome back. We are on Luke 22. This is the 22nd day of our journey through the book of Luke. You're with me today, your host, Ree. I'm going to open us in prayer. We'll dive right into the word. Dear Lord, we come to you today with hearts of gratitude, with hearts of thankfulness, and of with hearts of praise. We thank you for this time that we get to spend with you in your word. Help us to grow, help us to gain knowledge, help us to gain understanding of you, Lord. Speak to us through your word. Teach us through your word. Grow us in your word. Be with us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 22. Now the feast of the unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching. The chief priests and the scribes sought how they might put him to death, for they feared the people. Satan entered into Judas, who was also called Iscariot, who was counted with the twelve. He went away and talked with the chief priests and the captains about how he might deliver him to them. They were glad and agreed to give him money. He consented and sought an opportunity to deliver him to them in the absence of the multitude. The day of the unleavened bread came on which the Passover must be sacrificed. He sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. They said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? He said to them, Behold, when you enter into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him into the house which he enters. Tell the master of the house, the the teacher, says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large furnished upper room. Make preparations there. They went, found things as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he sat down with the twelve apostles. He said to them, And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will no longer by any means eat of it until it is fulfilled in God's kingdom. He received a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves, for I tell you, I will not drink at all again from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom comes. He took bread, and he had given thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. Likewise, he took the cup, and after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it has been determined. But woe to that man through whom he is betrayed. They began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. 
There arose also a contention among them, which of them was considered to be greatest. He said to them, The kings of the nations lord it over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. But one who is the greater among you, let him become as the younger, and one who is governing as one who serves. For who is greater, one who sits at the table or one who serves? Isn't it he who sits at the table? But I among you as one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. I confer on you a kingdom, even as my father conferred on me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. You will sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has asked to have you, that he might sift you as wheat. But I pray for you, that your faith wouldn't fail. You when once you have turned again, establish your brothers. He said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will by no means crow today until you deny that you know me three times. He said to them, when I sent you out without purse and wallet and shoes, did you lack anything? They said, nothing. Then he said to them, but now whoever has a purse, let him take it. And likewise, a wallet, whoever has none, let him sell his cloak and buy a sword. For I tell you that this which is written must still be fulfilled in me. He was counted with transgressors for that which concerns me has an end. They said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. He said to them, That is enough. He came out and went, as his custom was, to the Mount of Olives. His disciples also followed him. When he was at the place, he said to them, Pray that you don't enter into temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he rose up from his prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief and said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray that you may not enter in temptation. While he was still speaking, behold, a multitude and he who was called Judas. While he was still speaking, behold, a multitude and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He came near to Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was about to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? A certain one of them struck 
the servant of the high priest, and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered, Let me at least do this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and elders who had come against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you in the temple daily, you didn't stretch out your hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. They seized him and led him away and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed from a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat among them. A certain servant girl saw him as he sat in the light and looking intently at him said, This man also was with him and said, This man also was with him. He he denied Jesus saying, Woman, I don't know him. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Peter answered, Man, I am not. After about one hour passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Truly, this man also was with him, for he is Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you were talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the Lord's words, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and wept bitterly. The men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. Having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? They spoke many things against him, insulting him. As soon as it was day, the assembly of the elders of the people was gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away into their council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you won't believe. And if I ask, you will in no way answer me or let me go. From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. They all said, Are you the Son of God? He said to them, You say it because I am. They said, Why do we need any more witness? For we ourselves have heard from his own mouth. Luke chapter 22, one of the most powerful chapters in this book um, Luke does such a great job in each chapter, just giving us so much meat and so much, um, just walking us through the life of Jesus. Um, however, uh, even though this chapter is the chapter that leads up to, uh, Jesus's crucifixion, uh, the verses that stood out to me happen, uh, around, 14, uh, when the Lord's Supper is implemented. And right before that, we know that the Lord's Supper happens at Passover. Passover is an Old Testament tradition that um, talked about or was done to uh, spare the lives of the Israelite children when they placed the blood of a perfect lamb 
an unblemished lamb over their doorpost. Um, and Jesus comes in and on the scene in verse 21 and tells the disciples, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which was shed for you. And right there, he's telling them, I am the perfect lamb. And it is through this that you are saved. It is through me that you are saved. It's receiving and accepting my blood that you will be saved. Um, and I just love that. I just love how Jesus does that throughout scripture. He, throughout his life, he, he totally turned the tables over per se and literally did that, right? But he totally turns the tables over on tradition and it's it's very um it's kind of funny to me that the disciples never really get it um they don't really get it right away and um because you know just a few scriptures later they're talking about who will be the greatest among them and they're they're very much like little children <laughs> but quite honestly adults are very much like this now i'm very much like this right where we all do this and we don't get it all right away but jesus is constantly just sowing seed into their life and in the end they do get it right i mean that's why we still have the word that's why we still have the scriptures because of these 12 men who literally also gave their lives just as Jesus said they would for him, for the cause of, of their belief in him. But, you know, they just don't see it. And so um, I just love this passage, this set, this set of passages because of that. Um, not because they don't get it, but because of what Jesus is saying. And I guess because I never saw this before until now. So I am I feel like I'm part of the disciples sitting around the table with him right now. Because I didn't get that before. But now I see it. I see that he turned the table over on Passover and gave us the new covenant. Which was his blood shed on the cross. My final thought that I want to leave with you today is what does Jesus want to turn over in your life? I use the metaphor that he turned the table over on so many things throughout his walk upon this earth. And I feel like he wants to continue to change our way of thinking, change our way of seeing, and so I leave with you, what is it that he wants to turn the table over on in your life today? My big takeaway from Luke chapter 22 comes from verses 14 on through 23. I love this because Jesus turns the Passover, he takes the Passover, and he kind of flips the table on, over on it and uh, gives us the Lord's Supper. 
My Bible actually says Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, and he does it on Passover. Passover, never thought about this before, I guess. I mean, even though I knew it, I just didn't put the pieces together. (laughs) Um, You know, the lamb's blood is placed over the doorpost to spare the lives of the firstborn male um, of the Israelites when they were in the captivity of Egypt. It's right before they fled, they exodus, they exited Egypt, that they did this. And Jesus comes on the scene now. That's a foreshadow of him coming. Jesus comes on the scene here in Luke and at Passover, he tells the disciples in verse 20, he said, likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And he tells the disciples this, they still don't get what's about to happen. I think that's the part that, uh, is just kind of comical to me. But yet, you know, here I just had this like small epiphany of how this is connected. But Jesus is telling them right here as well. And they walked with Jesus and they saw what he did, but they still did not get what he was saying. And you can see that because then just after this precious moment, of the Lord's Supper, they start arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And so I just love that Jesus always turns the table over on on tradition, on religion, on what we thought in the natural. Again, going back to, you know, the past two days, we've been talking about what we think is right. And so he does it again and says, hey, you know what? Passover was about me. Here it is. I'm the new covenant. I'm the reason that you celebrate Passover. It was to show you that I was coming. Here I am. And, you know, even though they didn't get it, the disciples didn't get it at that moment and at that time, he knew they would. And we know that they did because everything he said happened. We have the word because of what Jesus said these men would do. They would sacrifice their life to share the gospel, to make the word known throughout the world. And so um, just love this section of scripture, even though there's so much about to happen in Luke 22 that leads us up to the crucifixion. This is what really, uh, was my big takeaway uh, in Luke chapter 22 this time. My final thought that I want to leave with you today is what is Jesus trying to turn the table over on in your life? What tradition, what thought process, what you are seeing, what you are hearing, what is he trying to turn the table over on in your life so that you can see him more clearly so that you can live out the purpose and the direction that he has laid out for you 
What do you need to allow him to overturn?